Tally-ho, my fellow bards. Grab hold of something and hang on for dear life. This episode will be about the tale of ships and sorcery, exploration and strife, the unique RPG, Upwind. As always, I will be your captain bard, Chris, and I am joined by morale officer, Ian. Ho! Brooke? The stowaway. Will? Communications. And our special guest today, Courtney. The red shirt. Now for a short summary of the Upwind RPG. Upwind is a tabletop RPG produced by Biohazard Games in conjunction with Nocturnal Games and written by Jeff Barber, John Hay, Michael Knowles, and Jason Werner. It was first released on Kickstarter and was fully funded in the first 13 hours. It was subsequently released in March of 2019, and since its release, Upwind has also released two of their own campaign books, The Grand Amplifier and Three Beasts, and a card-based board game, Upwind Incursion. Described as an intersection of Treasure Planet, the Studio Ghibli's Castle in the Sky, and Wizards, the game revolves around a party, a group of explorers, knights, as they travel through the uncharted skies, searching for ancient artifacts and relics of the Masters of the Wind. Magic fuels the world in the form of four elemental potential, wind, arc, rain, and ore, and also powers their skyships. Unlike most RPGs, instead of dice to determine outcomes of events in-game, Upwind uses the Q quantum system. The Q system is narratively focused and uses bidding, where the moderator and player each play cards as part of a play. Prior to the play, both determine the outcome if the player were to win and if the player were to lose the bet, and whoever has the highest total wins. There's a lot to get into, so let's get started. Uh, first of all, what was everyone's like overall feeling on the game? I loved it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It, it gave a lot of ability to like just kind of do what you wanted. <laughs> I will note, I did DM this game. Uh, I do not have a gun pointed at anyone's heads at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed it, too. Yeah, you did a fantastic job, Chris. Thank you again. Hell yeah. Alright, so uh, do we need to do a, a little sort of recap of our, our rubric, or do we think we're good here? Um, we went over it. I think we're good on last that. Time. But do we want to share a little bit about what happened in the game? Absolutely, if you guys are inclined. I'll start. Um, I got to play a chicken man, which is uh, the best thing to ever happen, and I passed out a lot of Nutrigrain bars uh, to persuade the baddies to tell us our, what we want to know, which is pretty fun. I played an airhead noble who I based their personality off of uh, Seahawk from the Shira series. And I had so much fun being an absolute idiot. And and what was what was their name again? Skyshark. <laughs> um, I what you call it? I played a, a crafty thief who, who was named Nira who was obsessed with metal. That that's that's all she wanted was the metal. The shinies. The shinies. I ended up playing an idealistic veteran. Um and I enjoyed that. Uh, for context, in case you guys didn't watch the Twitch stream, which is available on our YouTube probably, and also on our Twitch for a little bit, um, it did revolve around the party basically thwarting a, a theft attempt at a museum, uh, and then uh, doing some roleplay with the NPCs there in an interrogation fighting off a tornado. So it's very exciting if you are uh, interested. If any of that interested you, I definitely recommend uh, checking it out. 
I stabbed Tornado to death. It was yes. a, it was a blast. Even that. even the Twitch chat was lit with pride salmons. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, as a quick note, I will also say we are recording on July third, so any loud bangs you hear are fireworks. We are not being shot at. We are safe. Uh, so far. Ad- additionally, I might be responsible for some loud bangs. I did just drop my book on oh, the table. No. Oh, no. Okay. We can forgive you for that. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's get right into it then. Uh, starting with system, uh, number of players, I feel like uh, the game has a, a recommended player base, uh, but much like most tabletop RPGs, uh, it does not have like a required amount. Uh, it recommends between three to six players uh, for any given game, but doesn't have an upper limit or a lower limit. Um, I thought it was really nice, like the how many people. Also, when you showed me and like we set up the character, even with as a one shot, if you were to do it with someone, it wasn't hard, and it was actually like really interesting, even for a one shot. Mm-hmm. I'll also note, uh, I I. Was the, I guess technically speaking, I should have given everyone a chance to peruse through the book. I'll just pass this around now uh, if anyone wanted to take a, a look at what was available there. The book does have some uh, rules uh, for if there are uh, more than three players or less than three. Uh, so pretty much regardless how ma- however many people are actually in the, uh, in the party, uh, there's always something to keep the balance sort of in check. I've said on the podcast before that my uh, preferred number of players is generally about five, so anywhere between that I, is a three for me. Yeah, I agreed. I, I gave it a perfect score for the number of players. I think it would work really well. The pacing was really good, so it, it didn't feel hampered by the number of people. And like um, Courtney said earlier, you played you played just like one-on-one with Chris, right? Yeah. Okay. And you felt like that was still a fun experience? Yeah, it was still fun. And, okay. like, you could still, like, have a back and forth and actually, like, have a character instead of just, like, oh, I did this. Yeah. Okay. So then then they're being very, um, so what's the word? Conservative. There we go. <laughs> they're being conservative with needing two people. Or... They mean two players or two like, uh, three humans? players, uh, oh, okay. three to six players. That's the so two, two other seven than the, to yeah. four people. So, in but total. you could you did it one on one just fine. So, mm-hmm. okay. I feel like we're all pretty homogenous in opinion there. Yeah, I uh, feel like that's going to happen a lot with this. To be yeah. frank, <laughs> just a smidge. Uh, accessibility. Uh, that is a spot where I will. I actually did deduct a point there. Really? Um, yes. So. Less so in regards to uh, the the game doesn't actually have any strict uh, races uh, in it. It's all about nationalities, so which region you're from. That's why you could have like a chicken person. Uh, I had some NPCs that were like kind of like tieflings, but with like little nub horns. Um, there was when we were doing some one on ones. I introduced like uh, the the default fantasy races: dwarves, halflings, elves, orcs, etc. So there's no no requirement there. The only thing I will say that the book has some really small text in some cases, and they use like this pale blue background to represent like the sky. But sometimes they'll use the light blue text when using examples, which there are a lot of, um, which is is good. But because of that text, it sometimes makes it a little harder to read. So I did take some points off there. Yeah, um, I did see that, but I also thought that the way they used the card system. 
for how they pulled things out was a lot more accessible for people. Like, I know this is probably the quickest I've picked up a TTRPG because usually there's a lot of addition, and as much as addition is easy for some people, it's not as quick for others. So doing it this way really, at least for me, streamlined it to a point where I could really enjoy and pay attention to the nuance. I will say, I was, I, as you said, playing cards are, you can get them anywhere. Literally pick them up at a gas station. They're even easier to get than, than dice, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. And they've been used for over, what, a thousand years at this point. And have been streamlined so that pretty much anyone can use them. You can get them in Braille. You can get them so that uh, the numbers are clearer to see. Uh, they have little icons to show how many uh, diamonds or hearts there are. So even if you can't read numbers, you can count <laughs> what the you can see what the card is. Can I can I share a fun fact? Yeah. Those little pictures are called pips. Oh. I did not know. Okay. Sorry. That's a fun fact. <laughs> no, I enjoy it. Education. Yeah, yeah. Welcome yeah. to Bard's Fun Facts. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, I do feel like that that is a little bit touching on materials, so we're kind of jumping around a bit. But yeah, yeah I also I, I feel like yeah, requiring a deck of cards. I should note the game does require every player to have one deck of cards. Yeah. So like at the the maximum recommended is seven total like people. So the DM has one deck of cards, and then there are six other decks of cards. So getting seven decks of cards is eh. But, I mean, I went to Walmart to buy all of mine, and I got them for, like, 97 cents each. So it was, like, no, it was like less than $7 for a set enough for everyone here, and then some. Yeah, and you can't get polyhedrals at that price. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, materials for me got a good score, uh, but sort of cutting back to... Well, yeah, sorry. I just wanted to talk about that with accessibility because it, it it's a factor. Gotcha. Having a... The fact that it uses playing cards, I feel, makes it more accessible. Hmm. As opposed to dice, where unless you have a local game store, you can't get those without going on Amazon. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, that is also followed by Comprehension. Uh, which, Brooke, you also actually kind of brought up in your, oh, your if, response. Oh, if I can understand a game, uh, it is perfectly clear, because I am dense. <laughs> Would you also like to bring up the, the status of when you made your character? Very drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I did make my character completely drunk and was very insistent on making sure that I was drunk through the whole process. So as soon as I started sobering up, we kept going quicker. Uh, and I was able to do it with only minor setbacks. So yeah, the, the creation process is, is pretty simple, uh, actually, like, playing the game. There are some more complex details that we brought up, like, in-game, but they don't require much more explaining than, like, when this happens, do this. Um, there was never, like, a crazy mechanic, like, oh, yeah, you gotta move your cards over to this deck, and then you have to shuffle these two decks together, and then draw four from one deck, and none of that. It was just draw from the top of your thing and add an extra thing, or just add an extra thing. I'm going to say it again, too, because it was so easy to understand the card system and, like, how you were playing with the cards, um, the comprehension was so much easier. There was no, 
remembering formulas, which I love a lot of the bigger TTRPGs, but they're formula heavy and I need cheat sheets. I did not need a cheat sheet for this. Yeah, there was no adding or like you get plus three because you have these abilities. It's like I can play this and that is it. The, the <laughs> most you get is I could add one extra card because of like I'm a knight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was very straightforward. The cash system is really, really robust. Oh, I like that. It's the best. All right. Uh, that's good for system. Uh, let's uh, Before move. that, though, yeah. uh, you, you brought up something cool off, off uh, mic about this system. Didn't you say something about it being... Open game license, yes. Okay. So uh, as part of one of the stretch goals for uh, Upwind, they said that they would be releasing an open game license for the Q system, the quantum system. Uh, and so they did do that. It's available for free on the uh, actual Kickstarter page underneath one of the updates. But I also believe that the uh, Biohazard Games website does have uh, Upwind available along with all of those links. Uh, so you can get not only the character sheets, but also the open game license, which has most of the rules, and the, the quick start setup, which has all of the important pertinent rules for Upwind written in it. Uh, so that means that if you guys did want to like make a, a game of any kind, uh, oh, is that fireworks going yeah. on? I thought someone was tapping on the table, and I, was I like, didn't see it. Oh no, no, it's no. it's finale time. Yeah, we got the finale. <laughs> Hopefully, it's over soon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Festive for the nineteenth. All right, but the open <laughs> <laughs> uh, the open game license basically just means that uh, if if there's something you'd like to use this system for. Uh, you can use it absolutely free as long as you credit uh, Upwind or Biohazard Games uh, somewhere, which is pretty cool. Okay, so when it comes to setup, Chris, how was this process? <laughs> <laughs> Ouchie. Okay, how was this process? It, I'm going to bring it up again. This felt a lot like the anime campaign um, <laughs> with how you were making characters with me. Was it as difficult as that system? So when I first started, and Ian was the, the first person who had a character made, uh, I think we took an hour and a half, almost two hours, actually making the character. Um, and that was the longest that I think we spent on making any singular character. Um, mainly because... Oh, yeah, you want to... I, I will note that when we made that character, I was really high. Okay, so we've had someone high and drunk, and we've been able to do this. So I think anyone can do this. Now. Also high. I was also uh, pretty high. <laughs> oh my God. I, I do also want to just mention we are in a place where that is legal to do. Yes. <laughs> just. And we are all of age. Yes. So Sorry, just, just high. <laughs> we're fine in this state to do that. What, what are you talking about? I'm just getting high on the. Oh yeah. There we go. <laughs> Crushing uh, up some cereal. <laughs> uh, but making the the characters was uh, not too bad of an undertaking. Um, it, it was a lot less complex than making an apathetic race character, uh, and a significantly less complex than making a D and D character. Um, the only problem that I really had with it was that uh, I, I had to real explain in vivid detail. The difference between uh, abilities, skills, and potential uh, to the point where each of you guys could create like unique abilities uh, attuned to both your character's description and what you want your character to do. 
Uh, and that was probably the hardest part of uh, anything there because it's really hard to say like, oh yeah, there's stuff that represents your your physical stuff, but it it can also represent like mental or social, and then also those can be your skill stuff or your potential stuff. But it depends on what you're doing it for. I, I I'm just to cut in on that. I feel like the the player's handbook does do a very sorry. I feel like the player's handbook does a very good job at um, making it very clear at the beginning that these are different, but they they can have uh, multiple meanings. I believe they give an example of um, gentle, gentle giant. giant. Thank you. Yes. Uh, um, where it's it's a, it's a multi-use descriptor. Yeah. Um, but well, once you make that connection, I feel like it's it's a lot easier to to do that. Uh, it, the example in the book, I believe, was uh, gentle giant can represent like you using it for the purposes of strength, for the purposes of uh, sociability in the sense of uh, you're very approachable because you're even though you're large, it's obvious to tell that you're like kind or courteous. Uh, and then finally, in response to your literal size. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. Anytime I feel you have a uh, open-ended character creation as opposed to like a more modular one like D&D, you might run into hiccups like that occasionally where it might, it's a little harder to explain it to someone the first time around because especially someone who is used to a D&D setting where they probably had uh, a DM walk through with them and say, okay, you have this, 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 and this. Read through those on your own time and uh, get back to me. That was my main issue with the character thing is like, I didn't have a set like, this is a character built from there. It was, all right, what do you want to do? And trying to like iterate what my brain was thinking into a character was a little hard for me. Especially when you have to build it from a singular concept. Yeah. But once you do that a few times, uh, because I've I've done the anime campaign system, I've done a few others that, that have had a more open-ended approach to building characters, like the um, Epic Princess game. Yep. Yeah. The excellence. Um, excellence, yeah, the excellence. Uh, See also episode one. Yeah, you, you get used to it. Uh, so I'm just going to bring it up. Uh, be drunk for it. Uh, I literally started singing Fly Like a Bird, <laughs> and that was one of my skills. Uh, being drunk helps. <laughs> and it was used to great effect. Yeah. 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 See you too. I, I do want to also point out that the three of the four of us took some skill or ability that allowed us to, to move with great haste without knowledge individually. Yeah, we, we weren't in the same room or even on the same day when we created our character sheets. So yeah. the fact that we all, well, it just shows us what we do as characters. <laughs> but <laughs> we got our priorities like, straight. Yeah. Expeditious retreat. Um <laughs> All for the better, if I might add. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, it God. worked. You okay there, bud? Oh, I became old. <laughs> uh, so, for rate of play, how did we feel? I feel like it could have been a little bit quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be on our end, just because we're learning the, the whole set. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> now it's the finale. <laughs> The finale to the finale. Yeah, yeah. it's encore. Okay. Um, I, I felt it could have been a little bit quicker. Um, but I don't necessarily know if that's um, a, a detriment, per se. 
It may have been because I split the party. I, I wouldn't say so much, because, I mean, we, we covered your, your section pretty quick. I will say that I, I was talking to Chris when he was uh, talking about the, his expected time for this to take, uh, and he was talking about 45 minutes, about, more or less, maybe an hour per scene. Uh, we ended up taking about three hours for one scene, which is why you're getting to hear all these fu- nice, lovely fireworks, because we weren't expecting to run this late before recording. <laughs> It was a whoopsie. But I will also say I gave it a three for rate of play because even though it did take a lot longer than I than we initially expected to run this, I was never not invested in the story at all throughout. I didn't I didn't, you know, zone out at any point. I was constantly paying attention. It was easy to follow how the dice rolling or the dice rolling, the Ooh. card playing worked. Uh, it was very intuitive. And we were allowed to make decisions in gameplay that you wouldn't normally be able to make in like a and d especially because you had a pool of cards mm-hmm. where you were just constantly looking at those, considering what was currently going on, and saying, okay, well, I have this much of a chance of winning this uh, role if I use this ability, because I have a 6 and an S7, and the chances of him pulling this are this much, and he might have one or two jokers in the deck... There's a lot more strategy to it, and so it's not just you're waiting for your turn to roll a die and maybe do nothing that turn. Yep. You'd always get something out of it, and I tried, even when you guys failed, I did try and introduce, like, uh, failing but with a bonus. So, like, sometimes you guys, that was the um, one of the things that happened towards the end, where one of the last things you guys uh, tried to pull together to uh, incapacitate the uh, the leaving assailant Um and uh, I think you guys were down by what a point or three like two points, two yeah. points, yeah. points yeah. Uh, and the the fail condition for that was you would still damage him, um, but he wouldn't be incapacitated. But as like an added bonus, he drops the artifact, uh, which you guys were able to reacquire. Uh, so I, I like things like that. I try to do them in D and D games too because I always feel like just not being able to do anything because you've got bad luck. Uh, always feels awful regardless of if it's like logical or fair overall that just speaks to to you as a um what was the term in this game uh moderator moderator there we go that just speaks to you more of a moderator and and how you theme things to make it fair for everyone Hmm. now we get into the pricing $24 $24 for this game, right? Yeah, just for the, the uh, core rulebook. Which is all we really had. Pretty much. I mean, I had the, the supplemental dice, or the supplemental cards. Did you did you use that other than as a deck of playing cards, though? Um, no, but they can be turned into a map of the world. Oh, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying, like, for all intents and purposes, you could have just had a deck of cards, and you didn't use the other feature of it. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I think the, the uh, value for prices is very good with this game. Very much so. Like, for how expensive it is and how much you can do with the actual, like, world itself, it's it's entirely worth every penny. Yeah. And, and we're ooh. also quoting the price for the really nicely made book. Like, we're not talking about the digital download. The digital download is less. So it could be less than $24, which wouldn't even get you half of a D&D book. Like, if you somehow was able to convince them to cut one in half. 
Sixty dollars is the current running price of a core rulebook, I believe. Uh, Maybe I a little cheaper on Amazon. Yeah. I mean, the, the, with the trend of, of modern tabletops, the the price you know for the books alone is a sizable investment into the barrier entry. Industry standard is sixty dollars. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. this is. Got a lot of meaty meatiness to it for a great story. You don't need the extra bits, and it's twenty four dollars, if not less. I and should also note the book itself, only separate from like the OGL and the the Quick Start uh, thing that they have on their website. The book only includes the lore of the world. You can get all of the pertinent information for how to play the game just for free from their website. This is this is. We need to review this again, but this is on par with Jurassic Park. Escape Jurassic Park, yeah. I I wish I could give it more than three points in this column. <laughs> yeah. This is this is what games need to be more like. Yeah, they rely on the fact that you're going to enjoy it enough that you'll want to support them, which should be the standard. Should. Ooh, I should also note the expansions themselves are like eleven to fourteen dollars. Yeah, no. Why? Why isn't everyone playing this? Yeah, yeah, that's relatively inexpensive. Oh. Speaking of, <laughs> there is like no community for this. It's very upsetting. Yeah, <laughs> this is the one zone where I had to give it like the lowest possible score. I have never, I have never given something no points. But I couldn't find anything. And then you told me that story about the forum. Yeah. Okay. So for fun context, um, I, before we actually started doing this, I did a little bit of research because Ian suggested that I do. And I discovered uh, along with their Kickstarter, they did a, uh, one of the stretch goals was setting up a forum for the Upwind RPG, uh, which they now have as the Biohazard Forum. Uh, But the Upwind stuff is still on there. Um. And the most recent post, which was about a week ago on June 29th of 2022, um, someone asked how to set up an aim trainer for Overwatch. Uh, <laughs> barring that, the most recently... <clears throat> I'm turning old again. Uh, the most recent uh, post was in uh, August of 2021, uh, and the game was actually released in 2019, so... Yeah, and I don't understand. I really don't understand. And, like, I tried to look some stuff up on Reddit because everyone posts on Reddit something or other, even if it's to say they just bought a game, and I couldn't find anything on Reddit. For what this game is, how accessible it is, how intuitive the the rules are, the price of the game and its expansions, I was honestly surprised that I hadn't heard of this until Chris brought it to my attention. It really should be more popular than it is, quite frankly. Yeah. And I, I haven't said that about any of the games we've, we've uh, gone over so far. I mean, I usually, I, I try not to force those kinds of opinions on things, but, like, how have I not heard of this before? Honestly, criminal. <laughs> it's very criminal. You talked about some of the extras already, Chris, with, like, the special playing cards that you can buy as an extra and different expansions. Um was there anything else connected to this game that uh, would have more lorry content for people if they wanted to play? Uh, unfortunately, apart from the two campaign books and the uh, the tabletop card-based uh, battleship game, 
uh, and the set of playing cards that also doubles as a map of the world. They don't really have anything lore-wise. It's just the core rulebook. Those two supplements, the the tabletop or the the uh, the board game and the cards. Um, there have been, I believe, they had some unofficial content that was posted uh, in conjunction on. Oh God, what was it? I think it was Drive Through RPG. But since it wasn't considered official, I didn't want to really talk about it. Uh, but they, someone made like a, their own like mini, uh, like uh, what is it called? Like a one shot that people can use for Upwind. I mean, I think that counts. On, yeah. on our old list, we had custom content. Like, could you make it? And we kind of rolled that into extras. Um, so the fact that there is something out there is... At least someone else knows. I, I mean, I think we should give it even more credit considering the fact that the community is so small to begin with. Yeah. yeah. Um, I never gave something a zero. I couldn't. I gave it a one half. I gave it a one. I, 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 just, I gave it a half. I, I couldn't. They tried, and from from what it looked like, the forum itself was active for at least uh, 2019 to 2020, and a little bit from 2020 to 2021. Yeah. It makes me sad that it went the way of like themed games. Because it really it really does shine above those so much. Yeah. Yeah. It is also possible that uh the actual form itself began to die because they were working on a second game called Blue Ocean, which uses the same quantum system. So just for funsies, the next one is enjoyment. Uh on uh I'm on three, let's say what we gave them. One, two, three. Absolutely every single point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Unshockingly, from this gushing and love poem we have created for the creators of this game, um, I think we all unanimously decided that this is a really fun game. Yeah, it's one of the (laughs) more fun, like, tabletop RPG games I've played in a while, where it, like, just gives you that ability to really just kind of, like, say what you want to do. And then just do it instead of be like, I'm going to do this. Actually, never mind. Or like the Marvel system that they just came out with where you have to flip through like three different charts and tables to figure out what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. They made the mistake of the original D&D. I, I need to have like a doctorate in mathematics to understand how the hit table works. Horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Recommendations. Yes. Would. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Yeah. All the points. Okay. I, oh. I actually gave it a two. Really? Yeah. I know. I So, I, I would generally recommend this game to people, but I also know a lot of people in, in the hobby of tabletop games, especially RPGs, who need to have that modular system to do things. And everyone here just rolled their eyes because they know people like that. <laughs> as soon as you said it, it was like, oh yeah, they exist. <laughs> yeah, so... It's definitely something I would recommend to most of my friends, but I also know people who really would not be able to do this. They just, that modular system is so comfortable to them that they just need to have it. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's it's a pre- preference for gameplay, but it wouldn't really work in this scenario. I still feel like I would recommend it to them because out of all of the ones I've played that were like this, like with the anime system and 10 candles and things like that, this one was easy, easiest to pick up. Like it, even though it leaned heavily on making your own concepts, it wasn't 
that bad. Like, they gave you straight enough answers. And w- were there examples in the book, Chris? Tons. Like a, yeah, so there was, like, a list you could go through if you were uncomfortable. Yeah, that's what I did when I wasn't too sure. I, like, looked through and like, this kind of is what I want. How can I change this? It's actually funny. What After I built the character and we did the, like, just a one-off thing just to, like, get used to the, the game... I went home and I told my sister about it immediately. I was like, this is new. This is fun. I like these mechanics. I think this would be a fun game. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it so much. <laughs> good job, Chris. This is a good recommendation from you, Chris. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, would you recommend it? <laughs> uh, absolutely. Every single time. To everyone. Every, this podcast, the whole existence of it, I would recommend the fuck out of it. <laughs> Yes. Mm. Uh, for replay value, we all tried to figure out a way to play this together again, and we don't normally replay or extend what we play from the podcast, at least not historically. Um, so I gave it a three because, like, everyone is pretty down to do the next scene. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, in fairness, this this go round did have three arcs that I had planned for it, and we only ever actually got through the first. So maybe that might lean towards it, but I also feel like. It's got, like, really good, because it's so fresh and there's so many things that you can do with it, uh, there's, it, it's just, it's got a lot of replay value. Mm. Innovative, complex. Yeah, sliding scales. Classic, simple. Innovative three. Uh, I I like the quantum system. Uh, Q system, right? Yep, yeah. both work. It's uh, very intuitive. It... I will say, so, the character that I played uh, was very heavily based in Risk, so I would charge into situations where I would almost certainly be killed, and the relic that I had uh, basically mitigated dangerous factors, but only when I was in dangerous situations. So, if I were playing this on a D20 system, I would have... In, in a scenario where, let's say it's Dungeons & Dragons, where I would roll an athletic check and I only have a plus five, it doesn't matter. I mean, I can still roll a one. And it would just be like, oh, well, you got you got six, you're done. I'm, doing, I'm playing this game and I have the cards in front of me and I'm able to assess the risk. And I can actually play this build this way in a, in a very reckless uh, uh, play style because... It's not just, well, you roll a die, and if you lose, you lose. I agree, and to add on to that, uh, I feel like the, the added bonus of being able to, to plan your turnout a little bit more consistently ahead of time, uh, rather than just the, the sort of random guesswork and, and assumptions that are required um, in most other uh, turn-based tabletops, um, I, I feel like being able to, to have physical numbers uh, represented in the cards is just a, a much better way to, to do this. Basically, uh, you have your dice rolls out in front of you ahead of time, and you can decide when to use them. Exactly, yes. Yeah, I like that you can see what you have, and then also the ability that the twos and threes don't really help you, but you can still use them to help your like your party and it's still useful as opposed to like you're sitting there next to someone when you're like in D&D rolling a dice you're like I can't really help you and like so it's just a little more helpful 
And the fact that uh, we don't really have initiative in this, it's kind of just like loosey-goosey. Well, technically, they have initiative rules, but we didn't use them. Um, so <laughs> It even, didn't hamper anything. Yeah. So unlike D&D, this is probably a bad way of comparing them, but unlike D&D where you have to literally use one of your actions where you could be doing something cool for yourself to help someone else, um, you can do a cool action on your turn and still help other people as part of that action with the, the teamwork system, which is using twos or threes to help other people. Uh, I also loved the drama that it created. So because we picked out our cards, it was this extended drama. Like when you have a role, you get the role, you're done. Like it's either yes, you passed, no, you didn't. Where this, you had like other people could help you and they could give you a card and they're physically holding those things and putting them down. And like we did this fun little drama twist where like instead of going like one, two, three, show your cards, we like had them face down and flip them at the same time. And it was like this extended version of drama that just made it so much more interesting and so much more fun. And then also just the mad scramble to add up the cards uh, and go like, did we get it? Did we get it? Uh, <laughs> 35 versus 39. Woo. Uh, <laughs> so I, I really enjoyed that. I gave it a three innovative too, because that's an experience that uh, wasn't, I haven't found in other TTRPGs. Mind you, I have a small scope of them, but so far it's, it's, Un- unmatched and i too gave it a, a three out of innovative uh and that's mainly because apart from like the uh deck of many things and the, the deck of illusions from D i've never seen a ttrpg use a deck of playing cards for anything more than a gimmick i love it yeah it was it's definitely nice i also gave it a three for innovation it was it was nice I will say I gave it a two, uh, only because I wanted to try the other forms of, of combat. I mean, that's my only thing. I, I, before I want to try everything before I, I give it a full, like outstanding uh, review. Um, oh, like ship to ship combat? Exactly, and that that is actually one of my final comments. Is I if if and when we do play it again. Um, I would like to come back and, and maybe rescore this with more knowledge about the, the other mechanics we didn't get to. We could um, do that in like a five minute slot on the top of, of an episode. Be like, hey, just an update on. Oh, yeah, no, we just put an asterisk on the, <laughs> next to my score. Yeah. We'll be updated later. I will note Arc 3 did have a ship to ship combat happening in like the, the climax, and that's when we would have ended, but that was also completely after you guys met with Etzel. Yeah, and after another three hours, because we uh, we enjoy the game and kept going with it. <laughs> I need sleep. Uh, uh, all right, guys, we... six more hours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, how did everyone feel yeah, about the simple cool. to complex uh, spectrum? Because I gave it a two complex. Because oh. I felt like there's, it's it's a good kind of complexity, but also there's uh, mainly mainly because of the the uh, cash system in conjunction with the crowning system in conjunction with the suit system uh sort of limiting the cards that you can play while adding additional cards that you can play as part of that i uh coming from a lot more complex tabletop games thought that i gave this a simple two Ooh. um i i thought they the rules and mechanics were, were very clear and straightforward uh from the very beginning i think the suits added to the, the simplicity um Rather than having to have all of the the 
the the rules for the cards, having them in the, the handbook, they're they're right on the players. Um, Character sheet. Thank you. Uh, it's just easier. Uh, I gave it a simple three, um, just because even the way, at least for mine, you, it seemed like, Ian, you had a different character sheet than the rest of us. Slightly, um, yes. Yeah. So the character sheet that I was given had even spots on it to keep your cards organized, so it really did, I hate to say, hold your hand, uh, but it definitely did help you along the process and like made it very simple to understand. Um, they even had a small section at the bottom, which you know I'm a sucker for repeating rules on cards. Um, they had a little section down below to help you with face cards and things that weren't necessarily straightforward, and they just wrote that on the character sheet. Um, so they, I gave it a simple three because it made it an easy, painless process, which I appreciate. That's what I appreciate about this game. Yeah, I I gave it a simple two. Again, it was very simple compared to a D&D or a rolling game like that. Is And with everything right in front of you, it was so nice. You didn't really have to think about a lot of things. The only reason I gave it a two, just because, like I said, with for me personally, with character creation, not having a really set, like ability makes it more complicated for me because my brain just doesn't work that way but once you get over the character hump it it's just it's streamlined it's really easy I, i'm in the same boat as you courtney on this one uh and simple too again because i really enjoyed the quantum system i liked how and i've said the word intuitive like four times now um but i really did appreciate how every time Every, for every turn, essentially, there was no confusion on what advantage I got, what debuffs I had. I mean, it was very straightforward the whole time. The most complicated thing you'd have to come up across was the uh, the caches for the... Um, a queen was for wisdom-based checks. Uh, king was oh, for crowning. combat. Crowning, yeah, sorry. Uh, but that really... I mean, once you've done it a couple times, you got it. And that was only the reason why I gave it a two simple, was because... That changes significantly when you are in an open-ended type of TGRBG like this. It's really up to the player and the DM to work it out, and that can kind of be a little bit of a hang-up, but otherwise, fantastic. I I also almost broke out laughing earlier, because when uh, Will mentioned that he had a too simple after I had a too complex... Uh, everyone just nodded in unison like he just said like the <laughs> the thing that made the most sense in the universe and i was just over here like what the <laughs> i was what? like yes no, this mind, is accurate mind. we've been together yeah. too long three of us had two samples I also feel like I might I might believe that it's more complex because uh, on top of just as players, you guys didn't really have to worry about too much. But uh, the key or the um, the moderator has their own cash system, but it's all mentally set up. So I don't have like a technically speaking, you're supposed to set it up in advance. But there's like an an environmental cash. There's a character cash. uh, There are plot caches. So if there's any uh, like thing in the plot that could cause something to be more difficult, that gets added if there's something in the environment that makes things more difficult, I use that a couple times. Uh, and then I think we have like a personal cache as well, which is just like if there is some uh, event that was triggered previously uh, that adds a cache, that's something you would add. And that's a um, that's there's a difference between like innate and story caches. Story caches are like once total. You can't use them ever again. They're expended. While innate caches, you guys refresh every session, which is also pretty cool. Uh, most of you guys just had innate caches. No one had a story cache. 
Um, but those are things that you can accrue later on, which is why I felt it was a little bit more complex. But I also feel like from your end too, it's more complex because you have the open worlds and like, like I've only DM'd a couple times, so like I'm not as versed in that. But it is hard if you don't have that like that ability to have something kind of set in how you do things and how like how strong something is or how something works. So it does seem like from your end, complex makes the most sense because you have so much more to do. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, do you want to go around with numbers? Yes. Uh, so I gave it a 38 and a half out of 42. 34 and a half out of 42? I was a 35 and a half out of 42. 35. I can't believe Brooke had a higher score than me. I had a 38. <laughs> Half a point. I don't know where you got it. I have I have never... I think this is the highest I've ever scored a game. I think for me as Same. well. Yeah. Did we have any uh, follow-up comments? Like, I just wanted to mention that this would be... Like, I could see this being played for multiple levels of people. So if you have newer people to it, the TTRPG world... Uh, that like role playing, this would be a great one for them. But I could also see it being like uh, scaled up for people who are very much TTRPG uh, experts. Really, anyone who just hates the idea that like their entire turn and what their character is capable of is dictated by a a foul twenty sided demon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want a face staring back at me or a number like you know, multiple pictures, not just, you know, one number, just being like, how dare you not roll high enough? Or if you just need to shake it up, like, we're not saying we don't like dice systems, just that it's, that's what's normally out there. So the fact that there's something else to kind of like cleanse the palate every once in a while uh, is awesome. I will say going into this, because uh, Chris and I have been talking about this for a while. I will admit that I was very skeptical. <laughs> I did not think a card system would work. I uh, doubted how fun it would be. And I am suspicious of open-ended systems as a rule. <laughs> I, uh, this is the highest score I've ever given a game. So try it out. I, I highly recommend it. Uh, if it's you your just thing. found out the rules are free online. I didn't yeah. realize that. Probably something I should have brought up earlier. Yeah, no, I... Hmm. Admittedly, I only found out uh, earlier today when I actually uh, did some research on it. <laughs> uh, so that that might have been something I should have looked up prior to that. But, you know, <laughs> I got it eventually. Huh. Right then. Uh, I'm full well glad that you all set sail with us on this adventure. If you would like to enjoy the game uh, like we did, you can venture to the drive through RPG or Chaosium to pick it up. Uh, if you'd like to hear more about our future adventures or stories, feel free to visit us on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Dancing with the Bards, or on Twitch to watch our Sunday games live at With Bards. Once again, I'd like to thank you all for coming and joining us for our uh, quiet uh, ASMR upload review. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Hope you guys have a good day. Yeah, have a good one. Have a good one. Yeah. Hi. I love you. Oh, boy. Bye. Bye. To the guild I vow.